right, well, here we go. We are in a new series called Ask It, and uh, I'm excited to be engaging this with you today. It's actually been a couple of weeks, I believe, <laughs> since we've done this. Uh, we had to cancel last week due to COVID type of things, and then uh, I was gone on vacation. We did the first series uh, via video message, and so I'm really excited to be back with you guys today. Uh, I feel like it's been a while since I've seen people. I'm free from quarantine. I'm ready to go, and so uh, the, and so you guys know I've got a little bit of energy, uh, but if I happen to miss you guys earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at DCC, and so excited to be with you today. Uh, and to engage this with you. For those of you who are with us right now watching, it's great to have you with us. For the first-time guests that have checked in and are watching here online, thank you so much. And for those of us who are first time with us this morning, welcome. It is great to have you here. We're passionate about you and connecting you to community here in the city. And so we're talking about this series called Ask It. And, and so this series if you happen to miss a couple of weeks ago, it's about a single question that will clarify your best option, probably for like 90% of the decisions that you'll make in life. And we're constantly faced with decisions. And sometimes they're big and sometimes they're small. And so we're calling this Ask It, the question that answers just about everything. And so it has the potential to create some positive things for you, to foolproof maybe even your relationships or a marriage or finances, your calendar, your pace, health. It can help reduce complexity. And so the reason, we're going to spend six weeks on this, and the reason we want to spend several weeks talking about this is I would like to convince you <laughs> uh, to make this a lifelong habit that it, it crosses over several different areas of our lives that we're going to take time and to address. And it will save you money or time and maybe even some tears. It'll help you carry around less regret. Uh, maybe you won't have to apologize as much. I don't know if that happens a lot in your life or not. But I just want to help you begin to develop this as of a habit, to begin to think about this. It helps you begin to look at the world differently to look at pressures that come in to your life. And so this is something that I was introduced to and talked about very specifically in this way several years ago, and it's, it's found in Scripture, and so it's stuff that's been taught to me. But what's really interesting is, outside of even a religious context, you could use this question, even if you're a part outside of faith, if you're someone who doesn't believe in God or you're on this kind of journey, maybe somebody has drugged you here today, I don't know, like... Uh, it, that it's something that is not actually faith-dependent, necessarily. So if you're not a Jesus follower, this isn't optional, but it will greatly impact your life. If you are a Christ follower, however, <clears throat> this really should be a staple of your life, a part of your decision-making arsenal. Essentially, it's required. It's how Scripture leads us to live our Life. So last time I talked about what the question is, we're just going to give it to you up front today. Here it is. It's this. What is the wise thing to do? What, what's the wise thing to do? And so we flesh this out, and this is really important, a very specific way. What is the wise thing to do? And so we want to ask this in a little bit deeper way. In light of my past experience, the things that have happened to you in your lives when you were faced with something similar like this before, 
in light of your past, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my current circumstances, what's going on in your life right now? What's happening? What does your current life look like? What are the pressures? What are the difficulties? How much space and time do you have? How much money do you have? In light of your current circumstances and in light of your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Looking to the future is critical to helping us understand what we do now. When you find yourself, especially when you find yourself in places of urgency with lots of pressure and, and needing to be forced to make a decision, thinking about things in light of your past, your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams can bring wisdom and clarity. And so the homework, if you're with us the first week, was to just start asking it. Just live your life and think about this. You don't have to act on it. You don't have to do anything. Just observe and begin to think, well, what would be the wise thing to do? What would I possibly do here if it was the right thing? And, and just, you know, and it's, it's an opportunity out of every invitation, every calendar invite, opportunity, decisions. You didn't have to do anything different. And so if you weren't with us the last couple of weeks, this is something that I encourage you to do. Pick up this homework. Think about your week and ask, what is the wise thing to do? You don't have to do anything different, but you owe it to yourself to begin to know. And by asking it, even if you don't follow through, you're discovering something about yourself. Many times we don't want to follow through, and that's important for us to see. Uh, when I was a freshman in college, Freshman in college, I went away to college. I was living in dorms and discovered this huge new group of friends. And it felt like we had known each other forever. And we're in the beginning of this new stage of our lives. And everybody's very excited. And we felt like we were deep, deep friends as we went throughout the semester. And it was a lot of fun. And within this friend group, towards the end of my first semester, I began to develop a relationship with a girl that was in this friend group and that was very exciting and we're all we were both excited about this and all the typical crazy stuff that you know you're all excited when that, something like that begins and then Christmas break hit and we all went our separate ways we all had to go home and so we did this and I'm like oh you know parting is such sweet sorrow you know blah 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 all the, the awful mushy stuff whatever and so we needed to find a way to get together and she lived several hours away but we had a friend uh, that was like halfway in between us, and it was, he was like three or four hours away. So we worked it out to all kind of meet together, these three friends. And so we're going to get together. We're going to go to a movie together and do, I don't know, whatever else. And so I'm all excited. I get to see her again, this relationship, and we've been apart. And so I, my excitement level is just all there and ready to go. And then we finally get to this place, and we meet up at this movie theater, and things were weird. And she was kind of standoffish and, and not being the same. And I was like, this is weird. And I didn't understand. And I was trying to be excited, but she wasn't. And, and you might be seeing, reading the tea leaves here. She, with some time and some space, the excitement was gone. And she did not want to pursue this any longer. Oh, so sad. <laughs> so sad. And uh, <clears throat> I did not see this coming. Not anticipating it, uh, was shocked and surprised and heartbroken and hurt and all these different things. It got really awkward because we were like hanging out this weekend and my friend James was caught in the middle of this weirdness. And so, you know, I just, I was just shocked and heartbroken and, and just so upset and just wrecked that whole break for me. 
And I had no clue this was coming, didn't even think of it as a possibility. And why is that? Why, why was that? Well, because I was young, right? I was just, you know, lack of experience. I hadn't engaged that as much, you know, the, the time, right? It's just, you know, you got to go through this. And even if you've, if you've gone through several relationships, many times you still don't see it because, you know, things like love is blind. But, but there's just these things where without experience, you're devastated. And, of course, I, I moved on. It took a little bit of time, but not that long. I mean, it was just barely even a relationship. And we actually became very good friends. And uh, it was still hung out in the same friend group. And over time, I was, like, very relieved, actually. As we actually got to know who each other were, we were completely different but remained good friends. It's just one of those things. How in the world do you avoid making decisions like that? Well, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't. I'm going to talk about that today. What I want to do is look at the writings of Solomon. Solomon was the third king of Israel who wrote more about wisdom than any other biblical writer. He's considered by some to be the wisest man who ever lived. And so if you ever read, if you've, whether you're a Christ follower or not, if you ever read scripture, reading the book of Proverbs, I highly recommend. He has other writings. Ecclesiastes is a phenomenal book to read, where he was someone who found incredible success and wisdom and wrestled with a lot of the same things that we do in life. And, it's, and I love reading what we call these wisdom books. And when you read Proverbs, you see these characters that Solomon is, is consistently referencing to. And he essentially lays us out three options on the way or to the way of wisdom. And so I want to begin to look at three, these three kind of chairs that we're going to fill today. And so up first in this chair is actually, the statement's kind of offensive. The description of this person for you and I depending, if, especially if you're ever called this, it can be offensive. And it's, ready? Here we go. First one, the simple. The simple. <clears throat> Someone who's naive or clueless. Well, who are the simple? Simple is someone, you can see it here on the screen, is someone who lacks experience. Who lacks experience? Listen, we, essentially we all come into the world this way. We all come in the world naive. We all come into the world simple. Now, if somebody were to call you simple, uh, you'd, be, you'd probably be pretty offended, right? <laughs> you'd be like, what, what do you think you're like? like that would be, but, but what makes you, so if you fall in this category, what you, if you lack experience, you're, you can be simple. And so this is something that could come up even in later on in life. If you step into a new field, a new position, or a new technology, <clears throat> you're going to be naive as you engage this. I mean, come on, Taylor Swift nailed it. you got to love that phrase, right? Taylor Swift nailed it when she said, when you're 15 and somebody tells you that they love you, you're going to believe them. Come on, was that coming off your tongue? Some of you, yeah, you know. <clears throat> so unassisted... Naive people make unwise decisions. And none of us will admit it, right? <laughs> like, if this happens, we just don't want to admit it. Like, if you find yourself caught in that naive, like, you're like, whoa. Because you know, that's how it feels, right? Uh, and the funny thing is, naive people don't know that they are. 
Otherwise, they wouldn't be, right? Like, that, that's the obvious thing. It's just kind of a, a funny situation. You're like, I, I'm not naive. Well, be careful, because if you're naive, you don't know. The key passage that we see in Proverbs where he mentions the simple is Proverbs 7, 6 through 27. I'm going to read part of this. And this is a naive guy, a guy who's just naively walking into a mess. <clears throat> it's kind of like a horror movie. We all want to shout, don't do this, go back. It's kind of obvious to us. And it's a very dramatic situation. So I want to read some of this uh, for you. It says this here, and I don't think this is for the screen, so don't worry about this, guys. It says, at the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, uh, and I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight. As the day was fading, as the dark night set in, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. Wow, that's quite the intro, right? That feels like a book you would see on the grocery store, <laughs> like the intro in the back or something. Wow, that's, that's very interesting. Uh, you're like, some of you are like, wow, that's in Scripture? Yeah, that's, that's in the Bible. You should, you should read Scripture sometime. There's some amazing things. I think you can see where this is going. So it says here, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her. And listen to these words. Like an ox going to the slaughter. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver. Like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Wow. What's interesting is the simple <clears throat> respond to wisdom with, Nothing, nothing's going to happen. I, I, I'm fine. I'm okay. It's no big deal. Or the biggest phrase, I think, is, I can handle it. I can handle this. Or maybe like the teenager type response is, you're overreacting. You don't know. How do you know these things? Well, because I've got experience. And especially for those who are under 21, they haven't experienced consequences, debt or addiction or the callous heart from hurt. And it just takes time to see those things. Parents, this is why experiencing consequence is so important for our children, that they understand that there, there, are, there are consequences to decisions that we make. And one day they're going to grow into adults and make these decisions. And we, we fail to realize how we need to teach the simple and help lead them to wisdom. And part of that is experiencing consequence. And we want them to feel loved and be supported and all these different things. But then we raise people who don't understand this and raise people that hurt others and hurt themselves but here's the great thing is that you can have youth and wisdom it's possible but you have to seek it out you will need to pursue wisdom that means admitting that you might be a little naive you might not know everything. And it's interesting for me, the older I've become, I'm not that old yet, but the older I become, 
the more I realize I need to be asking more questions. I need more information. I need others around me. Wisdom allows you to get it right the first time. And many of us would love to go back knowing what we know now. Would you not, right? There's something where you'd love to go back and get it right the first time. I look back on even like going to college, like the, the opportunities that I had that I left on the table. There are thoughts that I think about then or other jobs or places. I wish I'd been diligent in these different things that would have set me up in a better way. There's always a thought we would love to go back. And so you can know what we know now. If you're younger and you're here today, you can know what we know now, but you're going to have to ask. And for all of us here, there's something that we still need to know. And you need someone who's wiser, most likely older. But I have people in my life that are younger than me that are wiser in certain areas, and that's great. You're going to need someone older and or wiser. So please, for the simple, the naive, don't trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. Don't trade what you want most, your future hopes and dreams, for what you want now in the moment. Ask it. Ask somebody. That is the simple, the full. I'm going to assume the simple. The second alternative is now entering our chair <laughs> in this invisible person is the fool. The fool. It just slipped out of my mouth. I was reading ahead. Who is the fool? Like, I guess all these could be you know, offensive. If I were to call you a fool, that's not very nice. But the fool is someone who knows the difference between right and wrong. They've lived enough life to experience this. They know the difference between right and wrong, but doesn't care. But doesn't care. <laughs> right? That's a fool. Listen to Proverbs 26, 11 says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Wow, what a, uh, an amazing image there. Proverbs 10, 23 says, A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. So for the fool, essentially wrongdoing is a sport. They take pride in their independence and in their arrogance. A fool is someone who will not receive instruction. They're going to do their own thing, driven by their own desires. So the naive person will come into a situation and be like, ah, there's nothing wrong with it. I'll be fine. The fool steps into this situation and is like, I don't really care if it's wrong. Besides, I can handle it. I can handle it. I don't really care. Like, they know it's wrong. They know there's consequences, but I can handle it. Listen, I feel like I'm someone who, who will drift more towards the fool. We all can put ourselves in all these chairs, by the way. Uh, and, and so, like, I just want to be able to take it on. And, you know, I'm, I know there's, I shouldn't eat like this all the time, but it's fun. I'll be all right, right? So we, we say these things. <clears throat> and there's a cure for each one of these things. The cure for the, the naive is really just time. The simple 
is time. The simple just needs to experience life, gain things, walk through hardship, be hurt, have their heart, you know, you know, all those different types of things. The cure for the simple is time. Well, what's the cure for the full? For the full is tragedy. Tragedy. The naive can learn from others. The fool learns the hard way. You've heard that, right? Fool learns the hard way. They have to crash. Some of them have to hit rock bottom to face the full consequences of decisions. This is why, you know, I talk about parenting. There are parents who just, you know, you can see this from afar, right? Just, just keep, keep rescuing, keep rescuing a child, maybe as they get older and older, and they're just trying to keep them from this. That, that in that situation, they will never learn. And you and I are similar. Tragedy is the only way the fool will learn. But there's a greater tragedy that comes with the fool. This is important for you, I know, because part of this is recognizing this in us, and a part of this is learning to, to, to have the wisdom to see this in others. Because the, the, the other tragedy is everybody close to the fool is also harmed. Listen to this incredible statement that Solomon gives us, Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. That's Proverbs 13, 20. You would think this, this sounds like a cause and effect type of thing, right? So walk with the wise and become wise, so you walk with the fool and you're a fool. You become an idiot. That seems right. But, but it's worse with the fool. It says walk with the wise and become wise. That rubs off on you. You walk with the fool and you will suffer harm. It will lead to destruction. There is a horizontal effect. The fool hurts others around them, even if you're not in a fool's orbit. And you guys have experienced this in your own life. You'll hurt yourself, you'll hurt others, but others around you will hurt you. A fool will come careening down in a car down the highway and cause destruction. No fun. So that's the fool. We have the simple, we have the fool, and then there's a third seat that we see Solomon talk about. And so welcoming us to this seat so funny, whenever I do this, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm stepping in front of somebody. When I, it's, I don't know why. I'm really strange like that. But the third seat is the mocker. The mocker. So who's the mocker? Mocker is someone who is critical and condescending. We're getting worse as we go along, by the way, all right? So the mocker is someone who is critical and condescending. They don't simply want they don't simply do what's wrong. They are critical of people who do what's right. They are critical of people who do what's right. And what's really interesting is I've talked about these characters before. Early on in our, in D, in our DCC life, our church is a, it's a, it's a newer church. We're, we've been here for seven years now, I did uh, I talked about these three pe people a long time ago. And I remember at the time that like, this was something that was not as prominent. And what's fa it's fascinating to me to think about in such a short amount of time that this is actually, it used to be more shunned in culture is what I'm trying to say. And now this person is really on the forefront of our culture. It's celebrated. It's celebrated to mock others. 
And the mocker is someone who is incredibly destructive. Incredibly destructive. So making fun of others is a sport. The little people, the losers. And you can probably think of someone like this in your life. Sometimes you don't realize there is a mocker. And, and, and you'll see, it's interesting to see the instructions about this. But this is like a part of our culture now. This is why, I mean, twi- the, the rise of the social media and people being anonymous and kind of everything's being critiqued. No matter what decision you make or whatever you do, there's always something wrong with that. And then we just kind of go for it and we clap back, right? It's like the word clap back, I think, has come back and has come into culture since I first talked about this years ago. And, and so all these phrases are coming out of this mocking type of culture. And it's so destructive. Listen to Proverbs 9, 7 through 8, just to understand how, how critical this is. It says, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. It's essentially like just don't even. I remember several years ago, we had a person that lived above us in the building we lived in. We were in a brownstone and something came up and we we had were able to text with this person, and we just said, hey, this, the dog's annoying, or something like that, just one of these things, and I remember the text we got back was unreal, like just vicious and attacking, and just all, it was like, whoa, and I remember at the time, I was like, it's a mocker, it's a mocker, and we were like, we're just not even going to engage, we knew it wasn't even worth it. We, ne- we would try to resolve things with people first and then landlords if we had to. We we're like, nope, just go straight to the top on this one. Like, like we, we just learned to see this. Like Psalm is like, it's not even worth it. And this is why this is critical because you and I need to learn to identify people by their fruit. Because in a culture that kind of celebrates this, you need to look at, to say, hey, this, what's, what's this person like? Because someone who's a mocker will exert a lot of control. How are they treating others? Even those who wrong them. You know, they say one thing, but what are the outcomes you're seeing in their life? Be careful of what you see a person doing. Their actions represent who they are. And then the number two on this is be careful how you can be sucked into the mocker orbit. Like, it's easy to to jump in the bandwagon and jump on the parade of just being critical, being condescending. It just kind of sucks you in. Proverbs, value being silent. It says, even a fool seems wise. Psalmist says, even a fool seems wise when they keep their mouth shut. (laughs) We don't always have to speak. It's so easy to criticize, but we're not really listening to one another. Here's what's interesting. If you correct the simple, they won't get you. Correct the simple, and they won't get you. They're like, what are you talking about? Correct the fool, he's going to ignore you. Correct a mocker, and he will hate you. But correct the wise, correct the wise, they will thank you. A wise person will say, oh, okay, 
Here's the really interesting thing, and we'll, we'll end with this, this part, is that people in each of these chairs that fill these things, they need wisdom. Like they're going to come to a place in their life where they need help. They need something to help them make a good decision and, and, and move forward in life or whatever it may be, but they may not find it. When they face big decisions, whether it's marriage or a major in college or investments and in money or choice of friends, career, raising kids, all these different things, they're not going to find it. Or when they try to unwind themselves out of a mess they have created, whether it's financially or relationally, they're not going to have anywhere to turn. Scriptures tell us, God has been saying to us over and over again, really observation tells us this. If you just watch, that if you sit here too long in any of these places and ignore wisdom, when you need it, you will not be able to find it. We say, oh, when the time comes, I'll just find that out. But you've not practiced this. You don't even know what it looks like. Because you will have distanced yourself from wise counsel. You won't actually have people in your life that you know can be trusted. Or you won't even recognize it. If wise counsel is around you, you have no clue. And more likely is you won't be able to receive it. You're not even willing to receive it. It is something that needs to be a habit of your life. And this is why Solomon puts this in front of us. So what I want you to do for the next like two and a half minutes or so is I want you to pick one of, these, one of the seats, all right? The simple, the naive, the fool, or the mocker. Maybe you've been critical of others in your life, or maybe you just keep doing dumb things, and you stay up too late, or you eat something, or I don't know, whatever it is, and... <clears throat> You're simple. Put yourself in one of these seats. I know that's hard. And I want to read you something. From Proverbs 1, Solomon presents wisdom as a woman who stands in the street begging those in these seats, these three seats, to get up and move, to listen. Now, this is wisdom speaking. This is the natural consequence of life that, that we see, that, that God allows in this world. This isn't really God speaking to us? This isn't necessarily a pronouncement of God's judgment, that these things will and can happen. It's just really what happens in life. It's a consequence of sin. So listen to this. Proverbs 1, 20-33. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent of my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. I should read that with a deep voice. When calamity overtakes you. When it takes you like a storm. Sorry, I get distracted there. When disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but I will, but will not find me. 
since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. That's amazing. Serving God is to, is to embrace knowledge and wisdom. It's rejecting him as rejecting wisdom. So since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways. You sow and you reap. They will reap and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Wow. That should scare the chair out of all of us, right? Thanks for getting the joke. That was <laughs> then it says this, but, but, whoever listens to me, that's wisdom, in light of my past experience, current circumstances, and future hopes and dreams. That's the wise thing to do. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. It is not easy to, to live a life that's wise. Because usually that means that you have to say no to someone or make a decision that's not easy for you. And that's why we need Christ. It's why you should consider becoming a follower of Christ because as Christians, we recognize and we say out loud, we, we can't do this. We have screwed this up. We need him. He's the only one that can live like this. He is wisdom. For all of us, where are you sitting? Here's the promise. Whoever listens to me, whoever listens to, to wisdom, will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. We've got to ask it. Let's make this a practice in our life. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for this day, for this opportunity to hear from you. And God, I pray that you would help us in all ways, in all areas, learn to receive wisdom from others, that you've made us for one another, to learn from each other, that we would take the steps to find wisdom in our lives, especially for the times when we will need it the most. We thank you and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.